Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Recalibrating the Scales. I'm your host and Chief Executive Resolutionist, Normia Vasquez-Scales, at your disposal. of the spoken word, sticks, stones, and the contrary. Welcome back yet again, my dearest listeners. I hope this season has mutually yielded due welcome lightheartedness. Has it been as good for you as it's been for me? <laughs> I'm trusting that it's been so. So well, I've been inspired, ladies and gentlemen, courtesy of the pastor at our new church, Grace Church, to speak about the power of words. So I was literally brainstorming for potential topics when the aforementioned one had fallen into my net, per se. Moreover, it genuinely resonates with me, and given my passion, as you well know, for the art, I do mean the art of effective communication, especially in light of recent events pertaining to such. Plainly stated, words, can make or break, help or hinder, fortify or deconstruct. So please take care with your words, ladies and gentlemen, whether rendered verbally or textually. Most importantly, convey them accurately. So important. I'm extinguishing a fire unnecessarily, might I add, which was induced by misinformation from another entity. Nevertheless, let's explore the shared findings of others coupled with sweet poetic prose at the cadence of the broadcast for your listening pleasure. All right, so here is a shared abridged finding, ladies and gentlemen, and this one is from HuffPost, titled The Power of Spoken Words. So it's written by Dr. Haider Zahid. So words are singularly the most powerful force available to humanity. So we can choose to use this force constructively with words of encouragement or destructively using words of despair. So words, as we've already established, have energy and power with the ability to help, to hinder, to render, to hurt, to harm, to humiliate, and to humble. And that's Yehuda Berg, that's a quote. So considering the powerful force of the words we utter, we must discipline ourselves to speak in a way that conveys respect, gentleness, and humility. So one of the clearest signs of a moral life is right speech. So perfecting our speech is one of the keystones of mature people. Before speaking, to take a few moments to contemplate what you will say and how you will say it while considering the impact it'll have on your listeners or your, your listener, your listeners or your audience. So be kind to all and speak words that are beacons of inspiration, enthusiasm and encouragement to all. Kind and sweet words are always, always music to the ears of the listeners. So many people are compelled 
to give voice to any passing feeling, any fleeting thoughts and impressions they may have, they randomly dump the contents of their mind without regard to the significance or to the impact of what they're speaking. So when we speak about trivial matters, as in gossiping about others, our attention is wasted on trivialities. And this is per the author, that is. So when we speak, we should speak with mindfulness in a way to solidify peace and compassion in our characters. Not only do our words matter, but also the tone which we use has a huge impact. There are certain rules that should guide all of our communications with others. Always, always, always speak the truth. Please, please, I humbly implore you, implore you I concur with the author, to speak your truth, to be transparent, to avoid exaggerations, to be consistent in what you're speaking, and don't use double standards in addressing people. Don't use your words to manipulate others, and most importantly, do not use words to insult or to belittle, belittle anyone, to be condescending. Well, there's a particular individual that could actually heed this counsel. <laughs> uh, so there's a Buddhist monk and global peace worker and writer in his book titled Being Peace, which states, quote, speaking honestly in any negotiation between individuals or groups is necessary. Speaking the truth in a loving way is also necessary. So this is a quote by Han. Han recommends only, quote, loving speech, even when we are communicating about our differences or disagreements. So we must lovingly honest, be lovingly honest. We must discipline ourselves to speak in a matter that conveys respect, gentleness, and humility. So Gary Chapman, in his book, Love as a Way of Life, uses the vivid metaphor for words as being either bullets or seeds. If we use our words as bullets, with a feeling of superiority and condemnation, we're not going to be able to restore friendship to love, now are, are we? If we use our words as seeds with a feeling of supportiveness and sincere goodwill, we can rebuild, we can fortify relationships in positive and life-affirming ways. When we need to talk or speak candidly about something difficult with another person, we must focus on the conversation with keen attention and purpose. So during the conversation, we must listen patiently, speak tactfully, and tell the truth as we understand it. We must align our words, voice inflection and tone, eye expression, body language and actions with our inner awareness in an honest exchange. So that was pretty loaded, loaded, concise, but to the point. Let's go ahead and toggle over to one more, and this is a shared finding an article uh, via the law of attraction.com yet again not our first rodeo but the law of attraction.com by Catherine Hurst who's the author titled the power of words how words impact your life words have power we've established that case in point so in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God that's a quote biblical verse, we could all learn something from this well-known Bible verse. So looking beyond the religious overtones, there's a message to be found in this for everyone. Everything begins with a word. Words consist of vibration and sound. Ah, the whims, whimsical ahs and oohs and ahs and the, the consonants and, you know, the vowels. 
As you can see, yes, I'm, I'm such so enamored with the art of communication and words. I digress. So it is these vibrations that create the very reality that surrounds us. Words are the creator, the creator of our universe, our lives, our reality. Without words, a thought can never become a reality. This is something that we've been taught throughout history. As far as back as the Bible, which writes of God, whatever that word may mean to you, saying, let there be light, and as a result, creating light. Okay? So, Lemurian. Were you a Lemurian? Discover the Lemurian philosophy and their spiritual being. So, here's what we can learn. Actually, let's, let's go ahead and proceed beyond that. Let's skip over to the power of words and affirmations. Okay? Our thoughts also impact what we manifest in our lives. But it can be argued that the real power lies in our words. So it is our words that provide a bold affirmation of our innermost thoughts. They are a confirmation to the world of how we see others, our lives, and ourselves. It is this powerful affirmation that our words provide with, which enables our thoughts to manifest into a reality. So why do we choose to misuse our most powerful asset? Okay. Now number one, choosing your words wisely. As a society, we have become conditioned to talk about our misfortunes and problems. We take our inter interpretations of events, people, and ourselves and communicate them to the world, bringing them into existence. So that by that admission, when we moan or complain about our lives to others, we are putting those negative words out there to become a reality. So when you say something out loud enough times, your words become the truth not only in your own mind, but in the minds of everyone you, you, in which you're speaking as well. So I'd like to, as an aside, uh, just get an edgewise. Another motivator for this episode is um, meeting the acquaintance of a gentleman a week ago um, at, the, at a gathering, a private gathering. Uh, we connected after the event. We had a brief conversation, which, which uh, led to a phone conversation later, in which he invited me... Um, to undergo an energy analysis. And in this analysis, as I recall, it's, it's, it's called the human design, which I'm looking to discover more about, okay? And the findings of my analysis, my energy analysis, was that I, he, I was classified as a having a manifestation aura. So again, this is relevant, you know, to, um, to the sermon which I've mentioned from the pastor and our church which in turn leads me to this episode I'm sharing with you now. I've been told amid many years um, that my words have power, um, just me in particular. I had a former friend that actually alluded to that. It was that there was an unfortunate incident that occurred. I alluded to it on a prior episode, as a matter of fact. And I recall her, her saying, oh, wow. You have to be careful what you speak of. Speak of. You spoke this into existence. Your words have power. Well, I dismissed it at the time. I've, I've known this, but you know, I dismissed it in that in that regard in that incident, only to discover now that she was absolutely right. I do myself in particular. I have learned through experience being the best teacher that words, in my case, do have magnitude, and I especially have to have to caution that in which I utter be it, you know, the written or the verbal word. So getting back to the original point. So 
We have to ask ourselves, do you really want to tell yourself and everyone that you know that you are unlucky in love, accessible, miserable, bored, or whatever else we're complaining about? Especially now that we know that these exact words um, have a tendency to manifest. Self-fulfilling prophecies, uh, that's a term that we, a phrase that we're most familiar with. So begin to choose the words that you speak consciously. Practice improved self-awareness over the words in which we describe. Uh, ourselves and our lives. Negative, powerless words such as can't, shouldn't, need, won't, should all be avoided. Avoided like the plague, ladies and gentlemen. They strip us of our ability to manifest lives that we desire. And as the creator of our universe, sub-creators, what we say goes. Therefore, next time you catch yourself using these negative words, we can Regain your composure, regain your control, and frame your word choices so that they have a much more positive impact on your world. Number two is, I am what I am. So affirm who you are, your dreams, your hopes, your successes with the two, with two of the most powerful words that a person can ever utter, I am. Many people overuse this word and take it lightly. But these two small yet incredibly powerful words should be considered the most precious words that we have in our entire vocabulary. So how we end the sentence, I am, defines who we are to ourselves and to everyone around us. So when we say, I am fat, lazy, shy, I'm beautiful, confident, successful, happy, this is the precise truth that we are, you're, you're creating for yourselves. So it doesn't matter if there is any truth in the words that you're saying, you ultimately define that reality. Number three is speak from the heart. When we complain about our lot in life, speak anxiously or use hateful words, we usually do so from a place of fear. So the first step is that we need, need to take is, in order to conquer this fear, is to practice better self-awareness over the words that we're uttering. So the next time you part your lips or open your mouths to complain or put yourselves or others down, to be condescending, mean-spirited, yada, 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 ask yourself, why am I about to say this? How is this going to serve me or my happiness? So ask yourself these two important questions, and this is per, per the author, and you will undoubtedly discover that you are in fact, in fact speaking out of fear. So this is the fear that's keeping you shackled. So use your words bravely, consciously, and lovingly. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I would like to close us out on a sweet note. You know, I think it would be most befitting to the occasion, to the broadcast, to uh, to speak to uh, to end this episode, this broadcast on a um, on a poetic note. Sweet, syrupy, sweet, crystalline, candied, sweet poetry. And here is um, an encore rendition of the institution copywritten and written by yours truly. The Institution. My beloved Andrea, I hope this message finds you exceptionally well as always. Moreover, I'd like to ask you a simple favor of you. Please imagine, if you will, that there's a bank that credits you $86,400 daily. However, any unused funds became exhausted by default, null, void, Upon the cessation of each passing day, there is no room for overdrafts, nor drawing against tomorrow. Hence, you can only live solely on that day's deposits. Andrea, 
There is such a bank, and its name is time. There's no room for overdraft or drawing against tomorrow. We must, all of us, solely live on strictly and exclusively on each day's deposits. Nevertheless, it is our imperative to selectively designate to whom and what we impart our precious time. You've asked me previously what I wanted from you, and I'd like to convey it to you now. I know perfectly well what I want in life and especially what I want from you. Moreover, it's, a, it, it's absolutely priceless because it can neither be purchased nor be gained once spent. I merely, merely want a little piece of your time, just a fraction, a morsel of it. It takes a profound degree of courage for me to convey this to you, beloved Andrea. Now, I'm not focused on the tangible gifts I'm, I'm confident that you can render to me. Instead, I want you to afford me the opportunity to showcase what I can furnish you. In fact, I don't want you to, to complete me. I want to actively complete you via my vast and magnifying energy, readily available to dispense and salvage the wounds you've incurred in the years. I'm a God-bestowed healer, now awakened, enlightened of the gift I've harbored since the commencement of my existence. In layman's terms, I'm an unbegrudging giver, yet far from cavalier, giving not just to anyone. And right now, at this precise moment, I want to lend you my right arm, the strong arm. Well, I suppose I'm not ready to give up on you, because you've awakened me, struck a nerve per se, and I want to share and co-create with you. Well, I'd like to uh, go ahead and, at this juncture, like to acknowledge all of my unwavering listeners, magnifying and magnifying throughout the, the globe, spanning, speckling the globe, as I would say. So please bear in mind that this radio show and movement does still, indeed, factually, rest upon your very broad shoulders. I'd like to applaud my behind-the-scenes team, Bradley, at this very juncture, and I hope that you've extracted, extracted the substance of this episode and you can carry something valuable away with you to implement into your daily walks. Until we meet again, till the next episode, that is, ladies and gentlemen, this is Normia Vasca Scales, signing off. Mm-hmm.